the Trevor Jackson Podcast. Hey, you can roll it up. Hey man, on this episode of the Trevor Jackson Podcast, I got the legendary artist B. Rush on the show, man. Hey man, B. Rush got hits on top of hits. I've been knowing the guy for a while, man, since probably 03, you know what I'm saying? 03, 04. And I've been a fan of Rush, man. B. Rush, what it do, my brother? What it do, man? Just chilling, chilling, fam. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad man. that you had the time to get on the podcast, my brother. Man, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity, man. Yes, sir. Always. Yes, sir. Hey, man. You got probably, man, like, to me, my opinion, that album Rush Hour, that was that's classic. That's a classic record, man. And I just found out that you was doing production, man. I thought B. Rush was just an artist. I didn't even know you was doing production, man. Yeah, man. I uh, I did production on the album, man. I did a few cuts on there. You know, nothing nothing major. Uh, not too many because I, I was still infatuated with all the beats that, you know, who started me low-key. You know what I'm saying? He did majority of it. And then, you know, uh, E. Fresh. Mm-hmm. came through you know i had a, a few producers come through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what's up though because like you know what i'm saying i was just listening to russ as like a, a rapper though like the the style of your flow you know what i'm saying i ain't never heard another style like that it's unique though like what where that come from like where the style come from fam man it's just like you cooking and you just seasoning, just putting seasonings to get the taste, man. I, back then, man, before I actually start rapping on wax, I used to imitate other rappers. Mm. Okay. So whoever was hot at the time or whoever, you know, I was I was dealing with at the time listening to, I just used to, like, imitate them, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much study their cadence. Mm-hmm. So when I rapped, it's, it's just like, you know, four or five different styles all into one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that that's that's pretty much where I started from. You know, but before I even start rapping, I was more into the beats, the production, you know, beatboxing and stuff like that. So when I started working with Low Key when we met in high school, I would actually map out what I wanted. Yeah. And we do fresh beats just right then and there. Mm-hmm. You know, I would tell him I want to beat like Dr. Dre or I want to beat like Snoop. You know, I don't want it exactly like that, but I want that vibe. Yeah. He make it, and boom, I come come with the flows. Mm. That's crazy. Like, so, uh, you said you wanted the vibe, but you didn't want that flow like that. Like, you just created your own flow or whatever. So, at the end of the day, like, when I heard B-Rush, I heard a little bit of Twister. I heard a little bit yep. of... I don't know. I might hear a little bit of Crime Boss. You remember Crime Boss, Rush? Oh, yeah. Classics. Wild House. <laughs> a lot of people say I sound like E-40, man. E- I got that a lot coming up. People like, man, you sound like E-40. You sound like E-40. 
Uh, people said I sound like C. Loke from back in a concentration camp. You don't believe them. Mm, mm. I can hear a but little I bit of that, though, was, but but it's unique, I, though. I think it was my voice, you know, the tone of my voice that kind of brought that out. But see, back then, E-40 was my favorite. He, he was my favorite artist. Yeah, yeah. That's when I started wanting to get in and, and rap for myself when E-40 came out. I think it was what, Sprinkle Me? Mm-hmm. After Sprinkle mm-hmm. Me came out, I was like, yeah, I need to start rapping. Yeah, yeah, Sprinkle Me. That was that was on the Click album, though, wasn't it? <clears throat> I'm not sure. It might have been Federal. Oh, that's exactly what it was. It was that Federal. Yeah. Yeah, with, what it was, the Rolex on, on the cover? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was it right there. Yeah, that was <laughs> that's, he can't he can't even top that. That's that's his best one. Oh no, nah. yeah. Oh no, nah, he can't top that. But yeah, man, I just I listen to a lot of music, you know, mm-hmm. and I just like I said, I start imitating, and then it just organically came. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and like I said, I would listen, I would listen to something, and kind of take the style without. The Michael, mm-hmm. take the cadence. Yeah, you know how they was coming, and you know the times and the bars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Back then, when I first started rapping, man, I wrote my verses like poetry. I yeah. didn't know how to write bars. Mm. Oh, so yeah, I, I feel you on that because I almost got confused. You said you write poetry, not bars. Nah, nah, I wrote it like set it up like poetry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause first I used to write a, my, write my flows like a like sentences, you know what I'm saying, line for line, you know. Then I start breaking it down into poetry, and then that's what made me understand like the bars, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How to count my bars and stuff like that. Cause back then I was just rapping. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So do you think like okay, you said you you was talking about cadence. Do you think the cadence in a style of uh, a rap has an expiration date. Do you think it can expire? That cadence can expire. No. Mm. I think the thing of it is, is when somebody bring out a type of style, if somebody who really know music and can pick up on the cadence mm-hmm. of it, the style of it, they can, they can make it their own. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. one good thing that helped me as far as in the music, I was in a band from sixth grade to, to twelfth grade. Mm-hmm. I actually played an instrument, so we had to be on point. So that's what made me want. That's what made me get into the production because I understood quantizing, putting stuff on beat. You know the time of it. The, you know stuff like that to lay it out in song mode. That's where that came from. Just me being in a band. Okay, okay. And what instrument you said you played again? My fault, fam. When I played the tuba, the sousaphone. Uh, you know, when you marching with it, it's that it's that big old instrument, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Heavy instrument too. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I played that, man. That was a workout. Yeah, but you too. know some people would think, Well damn, you start doing beats, <clears throat> they would think I was, you know, playing the drums, but I actually played the instrument. Mm-hmm. So I understood the notes, you know, like if something is off, like if you playing a melody on a beat or something, I can tell like now nah, that's off, that that don't go right. Mm-hmm. You know the rhythm. You know. You had the yeah, rhythm. Not, yeah. not even the rhythm. Well, with the rhythm, too, but let's say somebody playing a, a piano and the note is off, I can catch it real quick because I'm used to reading music. So if the notes wasn't matching, 
I could understand, like, now nah, that don't go together. And yeah. sometimes producers I used to work with, like, man, I don't hear that. And I'm like, trust me, that ain't going. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then they actually, you know, after they listened to it, they like, man, you was right that note. You know, they might have played two notes and they was clashing. You know what I'm saying? It's just like singing. If somebody's singing and the harmony ain't right, I'm like, nah, they, they don't go together. It's not the right note. Yeah, they didn't know notes. They didn't know the way the alignment yeah. was of the notes or whatever. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. But some some producers didn't. Uh, low key, that's how I met him. Mm-hmm. Is in band. Yeah. And we had a rap off. I was like in ninth grade and he was rapping and I was rapping. And uh, after that, he was like, hey, man, you need to come to the studio. And after that, you know, before Rush Hour, before Knox Villains, we were recording on cassette tapes. <sighs> cassette tapes? Yeah, we was recording on cassette tapes, man. <clears throat> I still got a few of them put away, boxed up and stuff like that, man. But, yeah, we, we recorded on cassettes back then before, you know, uh, the recorders or anything. NPCs or nothing because Dre, mm-hmm. low key, he used to do beats. He used to put the notes. Mm-hmm. He had a computer program and he used to put the notes up there because he was in a band. So he wasn't playing no instrument, man. He was actually making music. You know what I'm saying? Like he could, the program he had, he could print it off mm-hmm. and give it to a band director and they could play it because it already had the notes with it. Oh, it man. It was crazy, man. Oh, man. So y'all was heavy. Y'all was heavy. Oh, until, yeah. Yeah. Y'all was real heavy. Yeah. And see, I came in as a rapper because he, him, Psycho Dean, they was the two main producers. So I came in as a rapper, but I always wanted to be a producer. So I watched them, you know, mess with their equipment. And I was like, man, I got I got to get on that on that drum machine. You know, I was itching, but I played my part. I said, I, I'm, I'm going to play the rapper right now, but I'm going to start making beats. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Do you think, like... uh? A artist who's a rapper and a producer, do you think it has a conflict of interest to be doing both, or do you think it actually aids to do both, like it's beneficial? Well, it's beneficial if you don't have nobody to do your beats for you. Like, mm-hmm. if you are a producer and you don't know nobody else who's making beats, it's good for you because you don't have to ask nobody. But mm-hmm. I get tired of rapping on my beats because I would rather hear somebody else rip a beat that I made than myself because when I get a beat from another producer, my whole mindset is I'm about to rip this beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives you, you don't time. always think about that when you made the beat yourself. You, it's, it's almost kind of like an advantage. It's like, man, I can go this way with it, that way with it, but when you get a beat from somebody else, it's like, all right, I got a point to prove to this producer because I'm going to keep working with him, so I'm going to kill your beat. But with when you make a beat, it's kind of like, all right, I can, I'm going to kill a beat, but it's just, you know, I'd rather, I rather have producers, you know, produce for me, and then I do production for somebody else, and then vice versa. I might come in, like Rush Hour. Yeah. That's why I only did a couple of beats. Mm-hmm. And it's only because as soon as I made the beat, I was like, the, the flow already came with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting, though, because I, I never produced. I just wrote wrote the records or whatever and said the records, but it's interesting to hear that you would rather somebody else perform on your beat and you would rather perform on somebody else's beat. That's, that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. 
And it, it all depends on, too, you know, if I can't find that right producer that I'm feeling, then mm-hmm. I just say, all right, well, I'm going to make my own beats then and just, and just do it like that. But it's it's more fun when you're doing it on somebody else's beat because it's a challenge for you. Mm-hmm. You know, the rap on their beat. You know, like, Fresh will make a beat for you and you like, man, I'm going to kill this. Yeah. But if you made it yourself, you know, you're going to sit back. You might take longer because, you, you know, me, I'm very hard on myself. Somebody might come to the studio and be like, man, that beat hard. And by the time they asked to get on it, I didn't erase it. I didn't erase so many beats. And I didn't <laughs> have so many people mad at me. Mm. But it's it's like I'm almost a perfectionist. If I don't like it, I don't care if you like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm man. saying? If I don't like it, I, I just don't, I ain't feeling it. Because your name on it. Yeah. yeah. And when it come out, you know, I'm like, man, if I, if I ain't feeling it, you know, it's just. What you what, what you is. think about like the the era of where these artists got access? They can pick up their phone, buy, buy a beat off the app, and, and do you think that's a good thing? Like they they got access to just like top quality beats on the app for twenty dollars least. Well, it make it kind of hard for the producers who trying to eat mm-hmm. and so say you know, but. Man, if we had access to that back in the days, <laughs> man, it'd have been, been crazy. Yeah. I mean, some people, they'd be mad like, man, we ain't had that access back when we was rapping. But I look at it like, man, you know, hey, let them do what they do. You know, it's an easier time now. Like, mm-hmm. I come from an era where we had to, you know, almost trick-or-treat, go by each car. Hey, man, pop this CD in. You know what I'm saying? Promote mm-hmm. on the street. Now you can just put it on the internet and just let it go. Yeah, let it rock. And that's wild, man. Like I'm, I'm yeah. actually loving this era. To be honest with you, my, my perspective of it because it makes it's just more. You know what I'm saying? And if if you can shift through the board job and find quality, and then you can enjoy the quality. You know what I'm saying? It's just more. It, it's easier access to it. And exactly. I, and then you get to you know reach out to people that you couldn't reach out to. You have to. You know, if I wanted to beat from Jazzy Faye, I got to go to Memphis or Atlanta. You know, I can just hit him up, email, and hope he email me back and get a beat. You know what I'm saying? So you really ain't got to leave your house. And the recording process is so much easier now. Because like you said, you can, man, I done seen people, my nephew, he's starting to get into producing. And he started making beats off his iPhone, GarageBand. <laughs> and I was like, man, this is crazy. You making beats on a phone? Mm. You know, and I was like, yeah, this, this this generation of music, man, the technology, it just it's out there. But I'm glad I love music and I adapt to it because, you know, I can make a beat on the phone now. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it ain't as hard as I thought it would be, but it was just mind-blowing that that's where it came from. I'm used to big MPCs and record players and ADATs and recorders. Now, man, you can record an album. And garage, you know, mix it man. down. Yeah, garage band, send it through the net, let somebody master it for you mm-hmm. and drop it on Apple Music, title, whatever you want to. It's easy, man. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. You can buy like you can buy the mastering app too. That's what's Oh yeah. 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 You can do it yourself. So now we're talking about the tech part of uh the industry or whatever. So like the physical copy era, era is over. You know what I'm saying? What would you, yeah. like, 
You said you adapt, so I don't even know if that question is relevant now. You said you can adapt. Well, to I it. I like CDs, man. I, I like the I like. <clears throat> I'm kind of stuck in my ways. Mm-hmm. I used to be a No Limit fan. I used to get everything they came out with. You know, they used to come out like Jordans. So mm-hmm. I like to look inside the cover. Who did the beats? You know what I'm saying? Who the executive producers? Where they recorded it at? So I like both. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I feel like I go buy the CD, put it in my computer, download it. You know what I'm saying? Put it on my phone or whatever, go in the car and play it. But I still like to have a physical copies, you know? Because mm-hmm. I still collect DVDs, man, believe it or not. People like, you know, Fire Stick, this and that. Yeah, I got the Fire Stick and all that, but I just like physical copies of stuff because that's where it came from. And I feel like also, let's just say knock on wood, if the internet shut down right now, mm-hmm. how you going to listen to music? Mm. How you mm. going to watch movies? I can go into my collection and be like, well, you know, internet, the apps ain't running. I don't know what's going on, but, hey, I'm going to pull this CD up and I'm going to listen to it. Or I'm going to take this DVD out and I'm going to play that. Yeah. You know, so I'm just that type of person I prepare, you yeah. know. Yeah, and you chilling. You still chilling while everybody's stressed out. <laughs> oh yeah, everybody's stressed out. And I'm like, too. They, they call it, man. What's going on, man? I'm I'm watching movies. Hey, on the fire stick, no, on DVD, dog. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They'll get with it. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Like, uh... but it is. It's harder to, these days, though, because I used to think when I first, you know, start getting into the internet stuff, you can just drop a song, share it to your Facebook your links and all that old stuff. Man, it's so oversaturated, man. It's like a new song come out literally like every 15 minutes, if you think about it. New yeah. video, new song. Like somebody's always dropping something. So if you ain't got the business part, the marketing and promotion and the blog and all that stuff, podcast like you're doing, if you, ain't, if you don't know what you're doing, man, you can drop a video and it can be the hottest thing, but you might be like, man, it's been two months. I only got, you know, a thousand views. Yeah. You feel me? If that. Cool. Yeah, because it's, it's harder now because it's over. Everybody's, it's a lot of people doing it. Mm-hmm. It's you a, know, it's a CD coming out every day. Dates. It's a CD oh, coming yeah, out. We yeah, have to, we used to have to wait for release dates. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. uh, what's them uh, old, man, I don't, I don't want to make it sound old, but, you know, like cat music and stuff like that. We used yeah. to have to wait until the CD dropped. Yeah. Now yeah. it's like, man, you get on the internet, it's like a mixtape dropping, like you said, every day. Mm-hmm. And they dropped on Tuesday, on the slow day of the week, instead of Friday, like I do now, Friday night. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can record something tonight and throw it on YouTube or throw it on whatever platform, you know what I'm saying? It's, just, it's crazy how they do it now, man, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's it's gift and a curse to everything. Yeah. You know, like, how you said uh, you prefer a CD, right? I hadn't listened uh-huh. to a CD in so long that uh, I put one in the car the other day, and the quality was so po- it was powerful in the car. Like I don't think people know how much better quality that the physical copy is compared to the digital copy. You know well, see, saying? the thing of it is, you can still make the music sound thick, like on a CD. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got all these different apps, these different programs that digital kind of takes away a little bit. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I don't think people are layering and doubling 
up stuff to make it sound thick. But then when you go back to the physical copies and the ADATs and stuff like that, it just had that, that thick sound. Yeah, that, you know? that warmth to it. Yeah, like, like Dr. Dre, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's one producer, whether he did all the beats or not, Mm-hmm. Just far as him mixing, engineering, yeah. he he just got that sound, man. It just it sound like a movie theater, man. When he drop an album, mm. you yeah. know. And now you got stuff, and it's like, all right, it sound it sound decent. You know what I'm saying? Not taking out from nobody. You know, it's quality, but it ain't the quality that used to be. Nah. And it's just it's just the technology. You know what I'm saying? The computer stuff. And then when you and when you put these these records or whatever on uh they pla- these people platforms or whatever they automatically do adjusting to your music when they put it on the platform because some people that doesn't have a good mix down it could sound better once they put it on the platform some people that have a great mix down it could sound like it they they put the quality down a little bit yeah mm. well you know the industry you know who signed to big record labels and stuff? Mm-hmm. They stuff gonna sound good anyway because they they recording in like million dollar studios compared to somebody that just was at their crib on their laptop and it still sound good. But they're trying to get that Kanye West or Jay Z sound. They like, man, I can't get it. Well, you know the difference is is home studio, million dollar studio. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's, that's how it is. Yeah, yeah. So, so Russ, but the attention span right now is, is low. You know what I mean? The people yeah. don't pay attention. You know, you can come out. <clears throat> I can drop a single right now, and people are like, oh, yeah, it's hitting. And then tomorrow you can be forgot about because it's a new song that came out. Yeah. And people's attention span. That's why the music, if you think about it, not to sound arrogant, but years ago I was recording. I was working on a mixtape that I didn't finish. Mm-hmm. And I told I told my homeboy, I was like, well, look, man, I'm just going to do a verse, maybe a chorus, I'm out. Mm-hmm. No more than two minutes. Nah, man, you got to do songs. I said, nah, bro, this is what I want to do. So I never finished the mixtape years after that. Yeah. If you look at songs now, man, they like two minutes, man. All of them two minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, they come in, they do the chorus, they do the verse, it's it's done. Mm-hmm. And no more play a fly six song, six minute songs, three verses, yeah, <laughs> three choruses. They, people's attention span, they 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 like, nah, man, cut that off. That's but, too long. But when you Go look the at the, uh, when you look at the length of an album now, most albums mm-hmm. in the past, the era, tense era, it used to be like fifteen songs or whatever now and it's eight or nine max 30 minutes you ain't getting no more than 30 minutes now it's just that uh you know people's you know they they just quit Mm -hmm. they they get tired of stuff quick so it's like doing eps and you know back then we couldn't get you know you couldn't even find an ep hardly i think bone when they came out with creeping on the come up yeah i was like in middle school maybe coming out of elementary you know that's the first ep and i was wondering like why they got Six, seven songs and then, there, you know what I'm saying? And then Easy E, Easy E before that, yep. and uh, yep. eight, eight Ball, MJG. Them the only three I remember in my whole life, really, until as of recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, no one nobody really doing that EPs, but now 
EP is, is the thing to go with. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's crazy. Because 30 minutes, if you if you see it longer than 30 minutes, they they cutting it off. Oh, yeah. Until you, you know, if you keep on dropping EPs mm-hmm. and you and you feel your fan base, then you can come out with a full length. Because, see, that's what a, the game is going to right now. Okay, say so you go in the studio and you record 30 songs. Well, if you're doing EPs, you can drop like six projects. You feel me? Yeah. Mm. Instead of putting... 15 songs on this one album, 15 songs on the other album, you just got two. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? So that I think that's what people are doing now. They're just recording a lot of music and just dropping EPs. Mm-hmm. And it make them look like, dang, they got a lot of work. Like, they got like five albums out. Well, they did <laughs> about 30 songs, you feel me? And they just spread them out. Yeah. It's smart. It's and, very smart. And then, in, in our era, that's what it was to create one album. We'll do 30 and break it down to 15 songs. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's wild, man. So, uh, like, what, like, is Rush working on any uh, new music or whatever? Because I think you sent me some records now. And I might have yeah, to. Yeah, man. I sent, I, sent, I sent you two of my. I, I still do it. Um, I ain't dropped a project though, but mm-hmm. I, I I still I'm still in the studio, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm more of a producer now. Yeah. I do more production. Yeah, you dude. know that because that was my first thing before being a rapper. I love beats. If the beat ain't hitting to me, I don't care if it's a Jay Z album. He might be spitting, but that beat ain't hitting my <laughs> ear. I just I just I don't want to hear it until I'm just. <laughs> Might be messing around, driving or something, just chilling, and then that song just playing. I let it play. I'm like, damn, he was talking about some real stuff. But man, that beat gotta be gotta be fire, man. Got mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. That, that's the fact. That's a fact. So, like, before we head out the pod, uh, Rush, I want to ask you a question, and I want you to plug where people can continue to contact Rush or whatever. Uh, I was gonna localize this question, but I want to know your perspective, like. Globally, your global perspective of this question: Who is okay. Rush top three producers? If you could get a track from them, work with them, learn from them, you know what I'm saying. Who are the top three producers in Rush opinion? Timbaland, mm. number one for me. Mm. When Timbaland came out, when he first came out, because see, a lot of people don't know he started with a. Uh, Jodeci, he had a he he was producing. I think it was the Diary of the Mad Band, yeah, like their last album or something. He had sick. a production on there. That was sick. That album. and his first beat, and I only noticed because I watched the interview. His first beat was um, damn, it was on a Butter Rim soundtrack. Mm. You know, Death Row put that out, but Devante was working with Death Row, so Timbaland was a part of. Devontae's, you know, basement crew. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, damn, and I can't think of the song. It was talking about smoking. Devontae was talking about it's a party tonight, and that would be all second. He did that beat, man. And he was talking on it. But mm-hmm. yeah, when Timberland came through, it was just something about the science of it, man. I was like, man, his beats, like that one in the million by Leah, I was, I was hooked in. I was like, man, this dude right here. Yeah. And he was beatboxing. And see, that's where I come from. So I kind of put that in my own category. Like, man, that that's the dude. And he'll put, he'll put and, beatboxing uh, in a beat. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to say, I, man, I can't just name three, but while we're on a podcast, I'm, I'm a, you know, uh, <laughs> Manny Fresh. Ooh. I'm going to say Manny Fresh because back in the day, all their albums, people don't give him that credit, but all the albums, the Hot Boys, Lil Wayne, all, all that yeah. back then, you and LV. <laughs> 20 hours. Fresh was the only producer, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. doing all them beats, man. And yeah. I thought that was amazing. Like, damn, they only got one producer. Because mm-hmm. No Limit Beats by the Pound, that's a clique of producers. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I guess if I can throw one out there too, Jazzy Faith. Ooh, Jazzy Faith. Jazzy Fizzle, boy. Because when beat. I first, I first heard a beat from Jazzy Faith, it was on Tila, sure enough. Mm. And that, that sound that he had, that like that water aqua, you know what I mean? I said, man, I ain't never heard nothing like that. So I paid attention to who that was. And like I said, you could open up the book and see exactly who was doing the beats. So I said, Jazzy Faye. So I was looking, every time I buy something from Suave House or whatever, I'm looking for Jazzy Faye. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you're going straight to his production. Yeah, and on that team of the first album, he did a few, uh, he did a show enough, he did Tired of Balling, you know what I'm saying? Man, I need that album, man. Tila, if you listen to the podcast, put that up on streaming sites, please. That's a that CD worth $100, oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah, and and one more, I'm going to say four, man. I'm, I, I just got to pay homage because they're from the same state. Mm-hmm. But I'm a, you know, 3-6, man. DJ Paul and Juicy J, because everything that you're hearing now, that, that comes from them. That's what trap music is. It's, it's scary music with a banging beat. That's what trap music is. And that's what they bought to the table. 3-6 legendary. Hands down legendary. Oh, yeah. Sample masters and everything. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And see, I, I, I'm a movie critic, so I was watching Carlito's Way one day. And the scene where the lawyer was going to the to the prison to talk to the dude that, that wanted them to, uh, to, you know, get him out of there. Mm-hmm. They had some music playing when he was walking across there. That's off of Project Pat album. <laughs> hey, that's that that's Project Pat got probably the top CD ever released in the state. My opinion. Oh yeah, oh My yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's a lot more, you know. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> when it comes to local. You know, low key, cause I started with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? E Fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Psycho Dean. You know, it, it, it's it's a few people. I mean, uh, what's it? DJ Doink. Yeah, DJ Doink a month. You know, I I, I want to get a beat from Doink, man, because Doink, Doink, man, he, he a monster, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm not for sure if Sammy Glue was a producer, also. I think he was. But yeah. I know for sure DJ Doink. Doink was crazy. Yeah. When I first heard Mr. Mac yeah. CD, I was like, yeah, who making these beats? Man, Doink, a beast. And I got to give it to Mr. Enns. I don't know what he go by now, but Donnie, Mr. Enns, oh, man, he, he about to level up. Yeah. And then rest in peace, Leonard Hill, because yeah. he was organic. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he like, he just did just straight records, man. And I just loved how he used to chop up a sample. And I'd be sitting right there, like, man, what, what are you going to do with this? Yeah. And when he do it, I'm like, how you, how you do that? He actually, you know, was teaching me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Rest in peace. He was teaching me when I started working with him, how to mm-hmm. program an MPC, chop up samples and stuff. So I, I learned a lot from him, man. I, yeah. learned, I learned a lot from 
the local producers minus Donnie because we ain't never did nothing. But, you know, Loki, Psycho Dean, Fresh, mm-hmm. of course, Donnie, you know, these people, I actually watched them. Yeah. You know, watched Man. them work the equipment. Leonard Hill, you know, I watched them and I just... I was a sponge. I was like a kid in the, in the studio, man. I'm like, dang, what's this? They like rush, man. Don't touch that. You know, don't touch this. You know, like a kid, man. Yeah. What yeah. this button do? <laughs> I done messed up something. You know what I'm saying? Because that was my first love was making beats. And a lot of people don't know because I just found out, man. Russ, when he first when he released that debut album, Russ wasn't. He was still a teenager. It ain't too yeah, many people man, can was, say they was teenagers with an album out. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was crazy, man. And, you know, now that I done got older, because, you know, we, you know, back then, teenager, now I'm a young man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, back, you know, my whole thing is I, I had to reinvent myself and figure out, like, what are you really doing this for? Back then, you know, back in that era, you know, we coming up on the cash money. You know, everybody talking about money, bling, bling. So, mm-hmm. I was chasing the money, man, mm-hmm. you know, instead of the love for it, just getting in the studio and creating, yeah. whether you're making a dollar or not. I was after that, man. I want the money. I want the cars. I want, you know, and if you're chasing that, man, you, you're not going to make it, That's you a know, fact. because if the money don't come in, you're going to put it down. You're going to put the mic down. Oh, this didn't work. Mm. But if you truly love the music, man, it don't even matter. That's a fact. That's a see, fact. I didn't dibble. I didn't dibble and dabble, you know, since rush hour or whatever, uh, Got me a little degree in video production, you know, editing videos and stuff like that, then producing, then uh, Saver, you know, uh, he do a lot of mastering. He did a lot of mastering for uh, Leonard Hill. He taught me Pro Tools, you know, mm-hmm. I took a class with him. So I learned engineering. So it's more, I'm more, you know, diverse than I was back then. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Maybe do a beat here and there, but just rapping now can do Engineer. more stuff. You can do everything. Yeah, and I got nephews and, and, and cousins and stuff like that, you know, young and, and, and coming to me, asking me questions. So I'm like, well, shoot, you know, I want to work with other people, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, nah, I ain't never stopped, man. It's just you got to get your mind right, man. Just figure out what you really want to do. And in this era right here, man, you got to really put your stamp on it. And when I – because I stopped for a minute and just was doing beats, then when I came back rapping, I caught myself trying to do what everybody else was doing. And I said, man, Rush, that ain't what yeah. Rush, that ain't me Yeah, trying to sound like somebody else. But, you know, it, it, it came with it. <clears throat> I feel you. you I know? feel you. I, I can relate to what you're saying. Like, really relate. Yeah. Because, you know, I just came out and was like, well, dang, this is what they want to hear. And like I said, I you know, I was a sponge. You know, whatever I hear, I'm like, All right, okay, I'm going to do the cadence. I'm going to do this. But. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, man, look, I'll let them young boys do them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, let's say somebody 30, late 30s, early 40s, late 40s, they might not want to listen to the 19, 20, 20 year, you know, 21, 22 year old music. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Not taking nothing from them because that's, you know, this rap thing is a young man's sport, but at the same time, People in them age brackets, they want to hear something too. Yeah, they, they want to hear somebody that they age sounding like they nineteen twenty. You feel me? Like mm-hmm. no, nah, they want to hear something that they can relate to. You feel me? Let the let the young people have their time and have their music, but we still need 
you know, older guys coming in because it's only so many Jay-Z and Nas albums. Not taking out from them, they the greats, but, you know, they got a thousand albums, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. only so many albums that you want to hear from somebody that, oh, man, I used to listen to them in high school. You feel me? Yeah. You want to hear something new with that flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And talking about something that people in that age, you know, can relate to, man. Yeah. Because I hear a lot of artists, you know, talking about all oh, these young guys. They don't know what real hip hop look, man. These dudes doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Period. I think I think too, Russ, that like, uh, the the youth and and it's so much of a divide with age that I don't think that it matters now. And I think that the reason people think about it so much in our lifetime is because it's it's young. Hip hop is not it's not even fifty years old, is it? About forty? No, not really. Yeah, so it's, no, not at all. We can't even have nobody old in hip hop yet. Yeah, <laughs> but the thing of it is, is if you do music mm-hmm. <clears throat> organically, like you said, the age don't matter. Mm-hmm. But people know, I right, he ain't nineteen, twenty years old. But he rapping and doing music just like the 19, 20 years old. Yeah. That make you look like an old rapper. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I mean, that's why the young guys like not nah, old school, OG, unk, let us do us. But if you if you coming out and you just got that flavor, like Snoop, he's still relevant. Yeah. To this Snoop day. Snoop came out when I was in middle school. You feel me? He's still relevant to this day because it's just that swag, man. Mm-hmm. He ain't gotta act like you know. He ain't gotta sound like nobody else. He's Snoop. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. And I just wanted to throw that out there, just for people that's getting older and thinking, you know, from their peers, oh man, you too old to be rapping and this and that. You know, no nah, man, music ain't got no no age, man. Music mm-hmm. is music. Yeah, that's true. But you should be embarrassed if you're trying to get out of here and dress, look act and sound like 17, 18 year old. Yeah, and yeah. you probably like 30. You <laughs> feel me? That's that's not cool, man. Yeah, your pants tight and your flow, you dripping on your flow and all that. That ain't... That no, ain't man. Yeah. Because young boys gonna respect you, you know what I'm saying? Like, they know, like, OG snapping, period. It, it is what it is. Don't mm-hmm. matter how old you are, but they know, too, when it's like, nah, y'all trying to still out drip. Yeah, y'all trying to still You know, like trying. I said, but mm-hmm. let them have them, man. Let them do them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because a young artist uh, just today told me that I let him hear one of my partner's records. And uh, today he told me, he said, uh, his his cadence is out of date. He said, that's out of date. That ain't going to be in style. He ain't getting, uh, he ain't going to get no views and no listen to us. I said, it ain't about views and being listened to or whatever. It's just he doing him. Do it sound good or not? That was my question. It wasn't about it being him being an older artist. Get a quality because okay, if he's an older artist, then he's gonna appeal to his age group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like if you're an older artist, you ain't, you might not appeal to the young group. You feel me? Yeah, that's true. But man, you just gotta have that. You just gotta have that that, that aura. I ain't gonna say swag because that 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 name has been worn out. Yeah, I'm gonna say your aura. Yeah, you can adapt to time and bring it a new style. You feel me? Because the young boys. The older artists, the young boy is supposed to be looking up to them. Mm-hmm. Like when we was in high school and stuff back then, and we had artists coming out, we looking up to them. Yeah. 
they not even hardly looking up to these artists no more. You but, know what I'm saying? Yeah, because the older artists is trying to be like them. They don't have nothing to look up to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's where people like us come in. I had to mm-hmm. throw that in there too, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I still, I look at it like, shoot, it, it don't matter how old I get, dog, I, I can still get on a record and there's going to be competition. So, young, old, whatever, they're going to have to come with it because I'm going to do me mm-hmm. and I'm going to stand out. Feel me? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, you've been standing out. Like, when I first heard, I was like, damn, who was that? And and you was just 19, you know what I'm saying? 19 back then. And I was like, his. his Sound like, a, like I was about. 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to that voice, that voice type, you know what I mean? Like a mm-hmm. tone or something, you feel me? Yeah. Man, that's what's up, though, Rush, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. You're welcome to come back for part two anytime you want to. Yeah. I'm getting ready. Man, I appreciate you having me, man, and I, I salute you for what you're doing, you feel me? Hey, man, I'm just uh, trying to highlight the legends and the people that's, you know what I'm saying, entrepreneurs and doing well, something good, that. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, we're going to ride out with this new track from Rush and come back and highlight me, Rush, man. Let's get it. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Nigga, I've been doing this, man, for so long, man. Right. Y'all niggas is now stepping off the porch, man. I was rapping when it wasn't cool, you feel what I'm saying? Part the city, nigga, what you know about that? Be rush, rush shit. Yeah, Knoxville, Tennessee, nigga. Knoxville in day one, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Rushy, yeah. so y'all can put yeah. y'all shit back in the oven. Uh, I be dropping heat, I make that vibe, I hit the but y'all ain't saying nothing. Smoking fire, Marshall Bill. Let me show you something. Rushy back so y'all can put y'all shit back in the oven. I be dropping heat, I make that five I hit be bumping. Niggas talk a lot of shit, but y'all ain't saying nothing. Smoking fire, Marshall Bill. Let me show you something. I've been a man since way back. Ain't no bragging, that straight fact. On the MIC, I spit crack. On the MIC, y'all boys whack. Put it down for the city, spin concrete. Smoking strong like a nigga, got a lot of lungs. New stuff that I hear, don't impress me. I spit strong like a nigga, got a lot of lungs. And I'm flipping and dipping on haters. I got the juice, but I'm throwing tomatoes. All on the stage while y'all niggas performing. Y'all niggas whack, y'all niggas boring. It's a fact that your boy split platinum. Man, I won't stop till I see platinum. Hey, man, y'all heard it? Y'all better go get that rush, man, at B-Rush, man. B-Rush hard, he been hard, man. That song was, <laughs> I'll tell you, Rush, you been cold, Deep my brother. Freeman Jackson Podcast. And we out. Chill. Hello, this is the Trevor Jackson Podcast, sponsored by Anchor App.